0: Hello and welcome to our podcast where the dark corners are. your Dark travel hostess. Tonight, we have a... Road Trip with the Panda. And... In 1995... In 1995...
1: A team of paranormal travel podcasters found an abandoned cub in the haunted Arctic... After some kick-ass paranormal training and his first alien kill, he was ready. He was, was ready. ready. So, if ghosts, serial killers, or monsters in the dark got you scared, don't hesitate to call the Polar Bear. The
0: Polar bear. It's kind of been a serious minute since we've been able to play that theme yeah, song been for a you. it's He doesn't like us. <laughs> <laughs> He's alien hunting. Or had real world problems, but whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he
1: had real world problems. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how have you been? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair statement, I guess. <laughs> Hiding in a rock?
2: Yeah. Taking taking leave of absence.
0: Yes. But uh, you're here tonight, and tonight we're going to talk about a topic that I think for me was actually kind of cool. It ended up kind of being a little bit more, I, I guess, adventurous than I thought it would be. But actually, before we get we tick off on this subject, I did want to give Polar Bear the opportunity to share a, an incident that happened to him just recently as we were driving to Woodland, California. He was the driver.
2: It's panda.
1: I don't know what we're talking about. He he wasn't with this one. With the woodland.
2: Yeah, oh, you, I'm you sorry, said polar bear. Oh, the, I'm sorry, the
0: panda. The panda. When we were driving to Woodland. We
2: need name tags.
1: I guess so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we don't even look like we're in the same clothes.
0: <laughs> 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 it, you were driving, and you said, "Oh my god, did you just see that?"
1: The shooting star.
0: Was it a shooting star, or was it an alien coming down?
1: Oh, I <laughs> hope. It, well, I'm hoping it's a shooting star. <laughs>
0: Well, tell us what happened.
1: It would look like a shooting star falling out of the sky. (laughs) (laughs) We were just driving, and a bright light went across. And, I mean, it had the same arc of a shooting star because it dissipated as soon as it went by. But, I mean, it was pretty big. I was like, oh, it just happened to be, you know. And I made the joke about the the L.A. aliens that.
0: The ones in Las Vegas.
1: Las Vegas, sorry. Las Vegas aliens.
2: Oh, yeah, the recent thing that happened. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the government
0: said, you know, aliens are real, so must be true. Right. <laughs> right. They're denial. No one believed that them, you know, denial, denial, and I was like, no, they're real, they're real, they're real. No, they're like, they're real. And everyone's like, I got <laughs> problems. I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> okay, so anyways, he was, you should have seen him. He was like, "Oh my god, did you see that? That was pretty impressive."
2: I've seen one that like like it wasn't like across the sky shooting star. It was I was leaving. This was a long time ago, but I was driving and it straight up looked like a meteor coming down. And like cuz a shooting star you just see it for a second or two as it goes by, but this thing was just like a fireball coming coming down and it was like you could probably count good five seconds, like five Mississippis Same. of this thing going. So I got a little scared. No, this right, this it. might be it? <laughs> yeah, my tush was a little clenched. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> but then it just burnt up and I was like, oh, that, that was right. really
1: cool. The Fucking <laughs> Earth Defense
0: Force kicked in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> Space Force.
1: They were playing Missile Command.
0: Well, that's good. So far, it hasn't happened. So we're so, so far, we're okay. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what's really going on? But anyways, we're talking about haunted museums around the world, or not uh, in various places in the world. So, I mean, I know when I do, like, the itin- paranormal itinerary for different towns and stuff, I do my best to include different places for them to see besides haunted places, but I do like to include museums because I think museums are very essential, You know, especially the art museums. I mean, the panda could tell you that I dragged him to all the museums when we went to London. The Tate, the Metropolitan, well, that was in New York. I only
1: remember one real museum and then one fake museum. Fake? Sherlock Holmes.
0: Oh, that was fake. It was a real museum. Well, it's
1: real to your heart, but... (laughs) Sherlock Holmes isn't real. <laughs> is he, though?
0: I think he is. Okay. Well. <laughs> 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 what, was there a museum experience that you've ever been to that you just thought that was pretty impressive?
2: Yeah, I mean, any, any museum. Yeah. You just learn, learn a lot in any one that you go. Back home in Ukraine, last time I visited, which was, I mean, still years ago, we went to a World War II museum. I had a lot of the World War II guns and, you know, plane pieces, tank parts, and just stuff beca- because Ukraine was in the, you know.
0: In the thick of y- things. Yeah. Uh,
2: so, yeah, there was just a bunch of leftover stuff. I, I got some uh, USSR coins. I got some, I think I got some Nazi coins, too. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, like, like super, like, large museum you could hush you hush. could buy stuff, yeah. <laughs> you see the good s-
1: well. you had to ask for it specifically.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, uh, one other cooler cooler thing as I seen there was a uh, gas mask for horses. Oh for yeah. For the war, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they would put a gas mask on the horse, so right. it wouldn't. Yeah.
0: So actually, one of the most curious museums I've ever been to was actually in France, and I remember it was in Con Con, Cannes, France, and it was a World War Two museum, and it was constructed by the French, but it kind of played a lot of homage or an honor to the Americans who liberated their country. I mean, bear in mind, we weren't the only ones in France. We weren't the only ones to land on D-Day. There were the Poles and the British and the Australians and the New Zealanders and other French resistance as well. So uh, it was pretty impressive, and I just – just it was kind of touching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and the fact that I think to this day that they still honor the liberation of their country by reenacting, to some degree, D-Day. So so to bring us back to the topic tonight, we're discussing various haunted museums. So to kick it off, I'm going to actually start with one that's st- that is located in Kingsland, England. Now, this is actually a fishing museum called True Yard. It's actually a house from the 18th century, and it's like two fishing cottages combined. Now, it's home to more than 38 ghosts. The paranormal activity includes door slamming on the oral cord, people hearing disembodied voices, and sudden and very sharp drops of temperature. But the thing is, is that the people in the area, this particular area, the people who lived in these cottages, were repeatedly exposed to, you know, disease and death and dying, and this area was generally considered very poor, and, you know, as such, it was overcrowded, so you have disease and other things kind of running rampant. So you basically have a lot of misery and suffering in this particular area. But in conjunction with all of these, you know, just bad juju vibes, murder was actually committed in this particular building so people have reported seeing a young woman with bulging red eyes and like red marks on her throat and it is believed that she is the spirit of a young woman who was strangled by her father for basically having fallen in love with the wrong type of man so you know, this is something that I do tend to see a lot when I do the ghost uh, paranormal itiner- itineraries is the ghost of young ladies being murdered by their father or their family simply because they either refuse to marry the quote unquote right guy or they have fallen in love with the quote unquote wrong guy.
2: Well, yeah, well that's the thing. Like Arranged marriages and stuff like that was real big. Right,
0: know. especially if you had money.
2: Right, yeah, and marrying you? upwards, you know. Correct. Stuff like that.
0: Marrying downwards was <laughs> <those laughs> a death sentence, yeah, it sounds lo- like.
2: Love was, had very little to do with marriage.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, still the same thing in 2023. But anyways. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not in my case. <laughs> <laughs> Happily married.
0: <laughs> but in addition to the young lady who, you know, who the murdered unfortunate lady. There's also a boy who likes to move things about. He likes to hang out in the kitchen in particular, but he's been known to kind of go everywhere. But his favorite place is the kitchen. And more scarily or more, I don't know, there is a poltergeist by the name of Henry. Henry likes to blow up their light bulbs. He likes knocking the paintings off the walls. He likes throwing objects around the building. Your basic Poltergeist behavior stuff, and for some reason Henry has this absolute hatred towards staplers. Mm. Like if they bring a stapler in the building, it's likely it, he will grab it and throw it right mm. back at you. That's funny. So it, it's just kind of crazy that this is one. I mean, I don't was he stapled to death? I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a poltergeist.
2: Do we know what his name is, Henry? Did no, they name him Henry, actually, or did right. he die with the name Henry?
0: Hurricane Henry. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I actually did not find that information. a Great question. Uh, but overall, like when the mu- museum is closed, people have seen the apparition of both the girl and the boy in the windows, and they're basic. And, and there's also like a mysterious figure that no one knows what this thing is about. Maybe it is the, you know, physical features of Henry. I don't know. But basically, when this building is empty and closed, people will see their apparitions in the window. So that is Eng- England's Kingland's...
1: Kingland, England.
0: Yeah. Kingsland, England.
1: town. Mm.
0: Right. Well, you know, uh, they have some really cute towns in England.
1: Yeah, but you just don't eat their food. So.
0: Well, their food is a little bland.
2: <laughs> What's wrong with England? That was I've the never li- been.
1: That was her lightest way of saying that. <laughs>
0: Let's just say that the one thing I was nervous about going to Ireland about was the food, because England's food is a little bland. was for me, okay? Mm. But when I went to Ireland, Ireland was amazing in terms of the culinary scenario. Like, I was impressed. I was like, oh, my God, this is really good. This is just cheese. Oh, my God, let me have some more. (laughs) So... So we can never go back to England. Then. I know. <laughs> 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 Bring our
1: own Just spices. go to England and just drive
2: to Ireland for some food yeah. and come back. That's why
0: we can't go Take check out <laughs> this museum, though. That's what I'm saying.
1: we got to go far to find it. And
0: Take a ferry. It's just a ferry. It's
1: just a ferry. You're a ferry. You're a ferry. You're a ferry. Would you like me to go next? You sure. The thing. Uh, okay. I guess I will go next. <laughs> uh, so I went across the English Channel and stuck it. And landed in Paris. And we're going to the most, I guess, considered the most famous
0: museum of all. And you've been there?
1: Correct. We have been there. Yes, the Louvre. Ooh, the Louvre. Ooh. Never not been. Not talking about the toilet. We're talking about. <laughs> 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 That's the Louvre. <laughs> the Louvre. Yes. So the Louvre, you know, it was established in, well, I don't even know how to say these. They, it was a long time ago. Let's say 1,190. Did he say, say that? Sure. Did you say that year? So year 1000? 10 10, 10, 1190. 1190? Oh, 1190. Okay, yeah, established in 1190, but it was actually a fortress. It was just a, it was like its own little castle set up, and that was basically keeping all of Paris in into this one area, one fortress. So, but as it grew, uh, they tore down the walls, and it transformed it into a palace of itself and kept it as a center, which it is basically now. Um... In 1793, it first opened up his museum, and then that pyramid that you, everyone sees, like Da Vinci Code and everything mm-hmm. else, added in the 80s. And had if you go to the Louvre, it's over over a hundred hours worth of stuff. Like it, you can't see everything in a day. It's I think you said it was physically impossible. You got to
2: go do a week. If no, you I
0: think you have. It's like a not even. A, it's like
1: three or four years. I think it's ten. D- if you, I think what it was is if you spend thirty seconds at each, like, actual object. Not not talking about like small exhibit, yeah, or not ex- not even exhibit, but like, I don't know how to explain that. In, individually. but if you spend thirty seconds at each thing you're trying to look at, mm-hmm. it will take you ten days to do Jesus. all of those
2: think So, yeah.
0: so I hit the big stuff first. The big stuff,
1: right? So you know, the everyone goes to see the, the Mona Lisa, which. By the way, I mean, it's cool, but but people like died for this thing. And you're like, well, <laughs> I want to say, even a small war was started because of it. It was stolen. You know, I mean, it's it, it just uh, I, I wouldn't have stole it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> she <laughs> had no opinion. eyebrows, guys. Well, <laughs> it's not even that. It's just it's. It's it's fucking small, okay? It is. The box to Catan is about the same size as... Really? Yeah. Wow. It's, it's small. Yeah, I
2: thought it was like... Like, when
1: there's a clock in this room, and you guys can't see it. It's not either, but it's about... Oh, it's maybe that size, if not just slightly bigger. It's small. It's huh? like, what the fuck? Hmm. You expected this grand thing, because I think in the movies and stuff, it's even... Bigger. Yeah. It's like, you know, an actual painting size or something. But, either way. <laughs> so then, outside, there's the Teleris Garden. And now, that was part of the Palace Tilleries. so which was made by Catherine de Medici, who was the wife of King Henry II. And that garden is actually one of the oldest gardens, if not the oldest garden in France. And you can see it when you're outside in the Louvre. But the way they had to set up for the palace is, so when she came into power, because her husband actually had died, she started, so it was already like in this U shape of the palace around the Louvre, which was in the middle, which it is, still is now. And then she added on this palace to basically make it a square. <laughs> so the, like, there was the U part, and then she just added that last part. Mm-hmm. And she basically boxes in the Louvre and kind of cuts it off from everybody else. I mean, you could still go do whatever, but it, it made a full uniform. So now, when she was building this in fucking, way the fuck back, back in the 16th century, she arrives there, and to her dismay, when she gets there, she meets the Little Red Man, also known as L'Homme, L'homme Rouge, which is Red Man, the Red Man. So the Red Man has been described as a ghost slash demon, it kind of goes back and forth of it all, But some of them describe it as a small man dressed in red from head to toe, scarlet red, or just had red skin. But the problem was every time someone saw it or he wasn't there to talk to you or do whatever, he would vanish and do his own thing. So when when she arrived at the palace to move in, he was there waiting for her. So the origin of the red man is kind of two stories. One, they said he just... Was awakened when they built the palace, ta- the palace to cause dismay and bring down whoever he wanted into the palace. And the other story was that he was actually a an assassin that Catherine had hired while she was re- reigning power, and he would she would hire him to go kill and then be her,
0: her right hand man, her
1: butcher, as they called him. Okay. And so when, but at one point he either got too greedy or she was getting too greedy. He knew all her secrets and everything else. So she's like, well, he's a loose end. So she took care of him in the gardens of the palace. Oh. so This could
0: be his entity kind of.
1: Correct, to, to basically get revenge and cause problems. So the only thing you know, for her, the only thing the demon or the red man specified to her was that you're going to die in St. Germain, which is a place in France. But she actually never went to St. Germain. But the mm-hmm. thing that came Makes full sense. circle when she was doing her last wishes, when she was kind of not feeling well, she meant the friar that was named St. Germain. And then she actually died. Hmm. So...
0: So a little Macbeth prophecy going on there. A
1: little bit. He appeared back in 1610 for King Henry the IX. He saw him, and then literally after they had done whatever they were doing... so they, So they account for... They see... The red man or the somehow the the, he, the king has said that he's met the red man. And right after that, he was assassinated by a loony school teacher. Oh. So. Hmm.
0: So it's almost like a forbearing of uh, death or a tragedy of some sort. Correct. So every time you. So at this point, it's kind of establishing the pattern.
1: The pattern of every time you see the red man, it's not a good sign what's going to happen. Because the next thing happens
0: 1792, seen by King Louis Sixteenth. Uh-oh. You know what's about to happen to this guy, right? 1792?
1: King, so King Louis was en route to try to escape the palace, but he <laughs> they find the red man in his bedchambers relaxing as King Louis is trying to make a way out of there. And it's also rumored that he meets King Louis and Marie Antoinette in the prison. So, because by this time it's the revolution happening and they're changing of the government and everything else. So it's rumored that the red man actually was seen by guards in the jail cell or the prison cell talking to them. So they didn't specify what they're talking about because it was just between them, but they still get killed the, like the next day from the guillotine. So
0: so witnesses actually saw him.
1: Correct. Guards state that they seen the red man talking to both Marie Antoinette and King Louis and also seeing him in the fucking bed chambers of King Louis. Wow. So. That's really cool. But the best version is Napoleon himself actually meets and writes in his diaries about the little red man.
0: So he met him a couple times then.
1: Correct. So the first time he meets him was 1798, but he meets him in Egypt. Because Napoleon at this time is doing an Egypt campaign for the Battle of the Pyramids and taking just conquering the world. So he he specifies that he meets the Red Man, and the story goes that he makes a deal with Napoleon, stating... So this is the first time this is a we hear a conversation about a deal, so maybe this is the first person who takes a deal. But he promises Napoleon, you'll have 10 years of good luck in your war, your campaign, and it doesn't specify what he gets in return. So maybe he wants something. so Maybe his soul, or he just likes playing around with it. So... Ten years go by, and Napoleon, as we know, becomes one of the greatest conquerors in Europe. Yeah, in Europe. But after his ten years comes up, the Red Man visits him again and states, and Napoleon asks for five more years. He's like, "Okay, deal," but you can't attack Russia.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> but be, Napoleon, knowing Napoleon, knowing how greedy he is, you know, he's like, "Okay, cool." But then the, you know the the. The red man, heeds a warning to him. It's like, look, I I know what you're saying to my face. I'm just paraphrasing here, but, you know, but the actual phrase, he does say, um, he's been around him forever, and he states that he's known him since he was such, as a schoolboy, and I know you better than you know yourself.
0: So, so he knew he th- was going to ignore the warning.
1: So Yeah, so maybe he just wanted to tempt him about what not to do. He's like, well, fuck that guy. I'm going to go do it anyways. Right. So as we know, Napoleon charges Russia.
0: Which was a big mistake. Ter-
1: loses everything, gets exiled, and then he comes back. And then the red man comes a third time. And he tells him, uh, he wants me to you know, say, hey, I'm ready to make another deal. He's like, well, first you got to give, in th- I'm going to give you three months to make peace with everybody. Or make you know, make it right, or your whole thing's going to fall apart. And next thing you know, Napoleon he's like, cool, yeah, that's fine. But then, you know, he goes on his own greedy tyrant and gets defeated at Waterloo. He was also there for a scene again at another king's deathbed. Just seen the, the. I mean, he was dying already for something else. So maybe he was late, not sure.
2: <laughs> maybe he was trying to save him.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe he was trying to make another deal before he died. But shortly thereafter, then, more revolters and everything else Paris. Paris. Paris went through a lot of changes. So they actually burned down that palace and so they were able to save the palace itself, but in a certain time they ended up just tearing the rest of it down because whatever was left was uh, ruins of the palace. So but after that the sightings of the red men have not been seen. But that's <laughs> the biggest folklore around for that little
0: area at the Louvre itself. Right. Well, you had mentioned that it used to be a fortress. Well, I remember when we went to Paris, we went down into the bottom basement, and you could still see the walls of the original fort. And I I think you and I once had a conversation, Polar Bear, about the werewolves and how people were living in fortresses because of the werewolves scenario in France. Yeah. So that was part of the reason why, you know, back then, you know, 11 century 10th century they were paranoid about you know the wildness and mythical creatures and whatnot and that's why a lot of people tended to live in fortresses in the castles for safety reasons so that was good yeah
2: it was really cool it was i I like all the stories of like deal with the devil and the illuminati right so there's even a
1: there's even a Two paintings or pictures or how you want to describe or propaganda even So I think the the word of the the red devil spread or the little red man spread, it actually has, a, a a devil demon looking fella holding a baby that's supposed to be Napoleon himself wrapped in the thing. So maybe he was grooming him till this mm-hmm. point and then to do whatever he wanted to cause chaos or whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And there's another one where, it's a it's a da- it's a red demon flying over a cannon and it seems to be a general which just happens to be a french general looking trailer and he's he's peeing on the cannon <laughs> so it's almost like he's di- you know he's he's uh cooling it off <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> i don't remember seeing those pictures in the loo but okay they're there i swear you saw them. i seen them okay seen well some.
1: i know i didn't see them but it's
2: I out th- there <laughs> 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 i seen somebody else to see them yeah i seen
0: the scenes. you know you know so polar what you got
2: i have a little more local museum here in the san francisco area it is the institute of or it's the art institute of san francisco california located at 800 Chestnut Street in case you want to go see it it was built in 1926 and so a lot of issues with this museum is that a lot of believe this is the reason why there's so many issues with this museum is because it was built on over a Russian Hill Cemetery that was damaged during a 1906 earthquake
0: so So, you mean the paranormal activity is blamed on the Uh, Russians? (laughs) (laughs) I guess. (laughs) You know, it's entirely possible because a lot of people don't know this. With the exception of uh, one or two cemeteries, because San Francisco expanded so much, there aren't any cemeteries anymore in San Francisco. So, the idea that they built this on top of a cemetery is actually very plausible. Mm-hmm. because there's no room. That's how come Coloma, which is a city south of San Francisco, is just littered with cemeteries.
2: Cemeteries, they're just yes. everywhere. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so that's, you know, that's what we blame the par- paranormal on. is that it The was Russians? The Russians, yeah. They're pissed the, off. No, the, the building crew that built it on top <laughs> of a <laughs> Russian cemetery. But, I mean, it was built in 1926, but the first reported paranormal incident didn't happen until 1947 when bill morehouse became the night watchman for the museum and he was he was one of the college students and he was he was tight on money so he kind of made a deal he's to live there in the museum as well
0: so he was there 24 7 basically well when he wasn't in school yeah
2: yeah well, well he wasn't you know he spent pretty much his all of his free time there and so this thing, it, the museum itself, actually has one big watchtower, and that's where most of the paranormal incidents occur. And the first one being, you know, he was on duty watching over the tower, being security guard like he is, and he heard footsteps outside his door running up the tower. And, you know, doing his job, he comes out and he run, runs up all the way to the very top, and there's a door and so he's ready to catch whoever it is running around causing havoc and he opens the door saying hey i i, I found you i got you and there's nobody there so you know, it kind of freaked him out pretty basic uh, paranormal stuff you know right. hunting stuff right and so could have brushed it off as he was crazy until later on he had five of his friends over and they were doing you know five friend know, stuff Put, yeah. Put <laughs> yeah yeah whatever game night, <laughs> whatever. night. Too crap, yeah. <laughs> and exactly the same thing happened of they all heard footsteps and so they started trying to chase this thing down and every time that think they'd come close nothing there
0: so were they doing any work on the museum were they was there construction being done so yes
2: so later on so another another paranormal uh, activity that happens was uh the security guards, not necessarily Bill, but uh, others, others. That, that have worked there, when, when they go through, they the procedure was to turn off all the lights and save money and save power and whatnot. And they would go through the through the museum and shut off all the lights and when they go out to the gate and they go to lock the gate. They look, there's like one or two lights still on. Right. And they're like, I could have sworn, <laughs> you know, I turned off. them off and, you know and that happened quite often and then one time as the you know security guard, guard went through and turn them all off and then he goes goes out and as he's leaving all of the lights in the museum were on so, so right pretty freaky They're i like, mean like, thought you was yeah, to the,
0: quote an 80s
2: i would be pretty spooked but the most the most paranormal activity reported out of the 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 art Institute was during construction in 1968. They decided uh, remodel the tower, and at that point, all the incidents got worse. the The crewmen, it got to the point where the gr- crewmen seen so much paranormal stuff that wasn't like sitting well with them. They started blaming everything on ghosts, like their tools not working.
1: Ghost did it. Yeah, pretty pretty
2: <laughs> much. The ghosts was blamed for health issues, personal problems, a tragic <laughs> family incident, a motorcycle <laughs> accident, and even a case of polio.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So we have polio-carrying <laughs> ghosts, huh? Yeah.
1: Ghost-causing
0: forces. <laughs> <laughs> it was Harvey, the poltergeist. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and then there was also a even a mysterious incident that involved the destruction of several chairs and other furniture. That was... That was the paranormal stuff and they ended up closing the tower to the public and ju- just having the institute part open and I guess the institute didn't have as much paranormal thing as the tower itself did. But they let in paranormal investigators and psychics to investigate and do what they do to see if they couldn't find, you know, some some problem. You know, so some the solution, yeah, you know, right, for, to the problems.
0: Why they causing divorce, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So a group of psychics was brought in in an attempt to contact the ghost. They tried a science? seance,
0: seance, seance, seance.
2: Uh, but the only thing they were able to gleam was that there were several frustrated spirits, spirits present, and then one medium actually spoke of uh, having visions of lost a lost graveyard
0: okay so, so maybe it is back it could to
2: definitely relate to the russian hill cemetery since then the institute closed and the official reason being seismic activity and earth or an earthquake was hazard oh, okay but it could also be the paranormal activity that caused right all the scary things <laughs> <laughs> and then i wanted to cite WeirdCalifornia.com, where i got most of my information your, your from. info
0: Well, my last museum, this one is insane. And I uh, actually have something I wanted to show you guys kind of as proof. So my last museum is the Cleveland Museum of Art located in Cleveland, Ohio. And they actually have a multitude of crazy things going on here. So they believe ghosts are actually hanging around. And one of them is actually the former director of the museum, a gentleman by the name of William Matheson Milkeson. He hangs out in the original museum space known as the 1916 building. William, we'll call him William, came onto the board of the museum in 1919. And in 1930, he was promoted to the director, which he worked as until his retirement in 1958. He dies 20 years later in 1978, and it is believed that his ghost still comes to work. And they believe it's him because the ghost that they're seeing has his trademark tweed jacket and he's got a folder tucked under his arm the way that William would was known to kind of do. Now, aside from him, other crazy things have been going on with exhibit items. So let's talk about the portrait of Jean-Gabriel de Thiel at the signing of the Treaty of Vienna. This is an oil painting that was painted by Jacques-André-Joseph Avide. And it is believed that Jean-Gabriel is actually painted in the likeness of Jacques. Like Jacques Jacques painted himself.
1: Uh, A selfie?
0: Kind of, yes. Mm -hmm. And they also think what's happening is with this particular painting, when they put this particular painting in a certain part, of the museum, they started having a lot of electrical and mechanical issues. And the moment the painting was removed and in placed into storage, all of those issues had stopped. But people also believe that this mysterious guy in gray is actually Jean Gabriel, basically coming to life because staff and visitors have seen this mysterious man in gray, mysterious man in gray, not only standing in the hall but basically either vanishing or stepping into the painting. They've seen the image disappearing, basically. Now, in addition to him, both staff and visitors have seen a little boy racing around the corridors, but the thing is is that the ghost of this little boy is he resembles the painting of one of the little boys In the gallery. In fact, he's even wearing the exact same time period of clothing. So it's kind of like the same scenario. The ghost of this little boy is coming out of the painting, running around the museum, Mm -hmm. and then hopping back Mm -hmm. into the painting. Now, aside from these two entities coming in and out of their paintings, there's also a very curious situation surrounding a large, ornate mirror. Many visitors have claimed that while standing in front of this mirror... They will see somebody standing behind them when they are otherwise alone or know for a fact that no one's behind them. You know, you walk into this room and you're all by yourself and you go to look at this mirror to check out your hair and suddenly you've I got. I think
2: that's like a fear that everybody has. Correct. Like, you There's know, I just look up, yeah, is there somebody behind me? I'm There's an is entity is my reflection you. moving? Ah. I don't know. Oh. Ah.
0: <laughs> but one of the coolest slash eeriest situations that has happened was one night a local news reporter was actually visiting the museum and she was standing in front of the colossal head of Diva. And while she was standing in front of this, it's a huge, uh, I don't know, pottery thing. She decided to take some pictures and she took the pictures and she took a look at the pictures afterwards and you can see very clearly in because it's... This this big thing. It's big and round. It's next to some glass paneling, like windows. In the glass reflection, you can see a very different face of the same statue, of the same diva, in the reflection of the glass. In fact, I have it here for you guys right now.
2: Oh, it's trippy. I'm going to post that to our website. Facebook, Facebook. Right. right, right.
0: (laughs) So here it is. So this is the diva. You can see her mouth is open.
2: Oh, like oh yeah, that's that's, that's crazy. Because well, for the listeners, I mean the the head. You gotta see the, it. Yeah, <laughs> the regular head looks normal. Uh, with, with the, the mouth clo- closed. closed mouth and like are the eyes closed? Looks like the eyes are closed. And in the reflection, the the face almost looks angry, like it's yelling.
0: With this mouth open, so with, you have yeah, a, mouth a very different face happening in the reflection in the glass, of the window pane. That's trippy.
1: Mm-hmm. What if they try to recreate it?
0: They did. Oh. The museum actually did try to recreate this scenario. They couldn't do it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the most paranormal thing, though, besides—I mean, this is creepy. Mm-hmm. This shit's creepy. I mean, again, I'll post the link so you can see it. But the one of the best evidence that this. Particular museum has, ha- they acquired back in 2015. While the curators were busy finalizing the exhibit of the painting of the modern garden from Mo- Monet to Matisse, these are very famous artists, Claude Monet and Henri Matisse. Jeffrey Streen, who was the director in design and architecture, took a picture of them, you know, like working hard, cracking away the finalization of this particular exhibit. And when he took a picture, right above them in a balcony, you can very clearly see a man standing there. And the creepy thing is two things. One, this section, this balcony was closed because they were working on important things down below. So they didn't want patrons anywhere near this exhibit. So they know that that balcony, there was nobody there. And two... The figure looks exactly like Manet did in his final years. In fact, in one of his last pictures ever taken of him, you see him with a salt and pepper beard and a bowler hat, and he looks exactly like this picture, this final picture, in the picture that was taken in 2015 in the Cleveland Museum of Art. So it's quite possible that Manet is hanging around his old portraits in Cleveland. In Cleveland, Ohio.
1: Sounds like a terrible time. <laughs> quite possibly. Quite possibly. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: I don't have a picture of that, but I will tag the article. And I mean, this is actually a video. It's it's a three minute, three and a half minute video that it shows both the picture of Man A and this mysterious person up in the balcony, and the very obvious reflection. Different reflection in of this of this diva. I don't know sculpture. That would be my guess. It's not a mask. It's like a big sculpture. So that is what we have for you tonight on to business. Yes.
2: Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. We have a Facebook page. If you'd like to visit us and see all the cool pictures we were just talking about, search us at where the doctor Or send, us a, yeah. yes, send us a request on the Facebook page. a request. Are we not open to public? Do we have, t- they have to request? Yeah. Yeah. You have to ask oh. to join.
1: Yeah. Ask to join. But <laughs> well you know what? I don't if wonder if that deters people because, like, I mean, it helps keep out, like, bots and shit, though.
2: Mm-hmm. I know when I'm joining a group on Facebook, but if I have to answer a question, I'm probably not going to join it.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> you have to answer, I think, three questions. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, do you believe in the paranormal? Yeah. If I mean,
1: it, on, that's what I'm saying. On paper, it's perfect because, you know, are you, are you, are you, are you serious about this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: But in the meantime, if you have a topic that you would like us to cover, or other haunted this, or other haunted that, or town, or serial killer, send us a request at Panda's favorite email, where the dark corners are at com. Final thoughts, Panda?
1: I'm just secretly an appetizer for the new Napoleon movie. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah you brought that up. And I was thinking about it, too.
1: Yeah, I forgot it, that it's coming out. Yes. <laughs> getting, what's his nuts? Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix.
0: Those are your final thoughts?
1: Would you like me to have a better one? <laughs> 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 your thoughts That's are right, stupid.
2: Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Pull over here. Um, I was just thinking how this is us planning for the future, though. Like we could do an episode of like a deal with the devil type thing, or like people who that got rich and famous real quick, like under the mysterious evolution. yeah, mysterious circumstances.
1: Well, yeah, when the cards because
2: anytime I see Somebody get famous really fast. I'm like, that
1: motherfucker sold his soul to the devil. Yeah, it's usually the go-to. No. Like, who let this guy in here? <laughs> um,
2: the latest one was... uh, what, What's that guy's name? The, the vil- new villain for Marvel? Uh, uh,
1: Game the Conqueror guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Majors? Yeah. Yeah. He's like in like everything. He he popped
2: everything. up out of nowhere and then he was in every single movie that was coming out. He was in Creed, he was in Devotion, he was in all the Marvel movies and it's just one after the other after the other. And I feel like maybe he was like, you know, okay, I have enough money, I don't have to make this deal with the devil anymore. <laughs> and then he got some weird ass ac- accusations about Yeah. Like domestic uh abuse yeah, and yeah. stuff. That he was cleared for yeah, it, but it wasn't yeah. um He's good, Gal. But, yeah, it's just kind of funny. Like, just boom, 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 rich, famous, everything, and then kind of, like, just a little setback. So, right? I don't know. Made, made, made a deal with the secret society. King
1: Louis and Marie Antoinette didn't even make a deal with the devil. <laughs> they got beheaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: see? There's
0: benefits to it. Okay. <laughs> All right, something to think about. All right. So, until next time, please remember. Only the few can find the beauty of the darkness, which is where we hope to meet you, where the dark corners are.